Good morning. How are you all doing this morning? So happy to be able to tell you about some of our, our trip that we've been going on. Uh, and as you saw at the, begin, or at the end of that, um, that video was done by Becker Griffin, as well as he designed these shirts. So he did a great job. Cameron Wassinger is our music man. He, he makes music, and so that was, his, uh, that was his music. That was the background. Very proud of our students. Uh, their hearts are amazing. Their talents are amazing. And I'm very proud of this last, well, not last week, but the week before that we got to share on this crazy trip called Destination Unknown. First off, I want you guys to do something for me. In your bulletins, there is a sheet of paper that has notes, uh, is for notes. And I'm going to have some of our students, if you need a pen, uh, we have some pens here, and just raise your hand, and some of our students can pass you one if you need it. Um, But I want you to write down... Um, one plan that you have or one, one dream that you have that you would like to accomplish in the next year, okay? So go ahead and write that down. Think about that for a minute. And then also put one in five years. And if you really want to be an overachiever and get the A+, you can do like a 10-year plan, okay? So just write down some things that you would love to see happen in your life or the life of the church or something that means a lot to you, maybe a family member, something that you would, you would love to see happen that you are, uh, is in your life that you're kind of planning for. That would be awesome. While, while that happens, uh, while you write down and think about some of those things, I'm going to tell you just a really brief summary, super brief summary of our trip, because you're going to hear plenty about it um, as this morning goes on. But it's called, a trip we went on was called Destination Unknown. If you remember a couple weeks ago, we were here on stage and uh, Bob was preaching and we had, we drew our first distance and direction. And every day we would pull a distance and a direction and we would go that way, not knowing uh, beforehand where we were going to stay. We may... You know, once we drew out some things, we may be like, oh, hey, I know somebody who lives there or is around there, which would maybe help and aid as we went. But really, we had no clue where we were going. We just trusted that God did. And so we just stepped out in faith and said, God, because you are a big God, we're going to put our feet where our mouth are and say, we trust you and just step forward. You know, earlier today, when we sang that song, I love it, that Oceans, where it says, you know, it's, it's really what is it, it is, is a story of Peter when he stepped out of the boat and trusted God because God called him forward. And, and I love in there that the chorus says, uh, Lord, let me uh, trust you without borders. Uh, and you think about that. What, is, what kind of crazy calling is that that God has given us to, to step out and trust him where our faith has no borders because we trust him? All right. Um, you guys have your plans written down, right? Okay. Um, here's the thing is plans are awesome and they're great. But what happens when God goes off script? You ever wonder that? Like what happens if God goes off script and he goes off script and uh, he goes a little unplanned in your life? Um, I, I love in, in C.S. Lewis in, uh, I was just, just a couple minutes ago, I was thinking of this, how... Uh, in he talks about Aslan in in the book uh, in the Narnia books, and one of the phrases I love that says, "He is good, but he is not safe." And isn't that how God is? He's he's good, but man, let's not fool ourselves. He's not safe. 
he calls us into some crazy thoughts, some crazy things that we might do. Like, what happens when all of a sudden I don't stay on stage and I start walking around? Anybody getting a little uncomfortable yet? Like, Walter here, he, he loves it when I come and just walk around. What if I, Walter, do you have any, uh, any plans that you had written down that you were on? I, I didn't give him much time. Okay, not that he wants to share. That's fine. <laughs> See, this is kind of crazy when somebody goes off plan and walks around. You know, how often is our faith a little like this when I love what, looking at people's faces as I do this. They, they, kind of like, they, they thought it was kind of an interesting little idea when I walked over there. But I walk over here and everybody's like, he might walk. And I, I could walk down aisles too. So if you're in the middle, you're not necessarily safe. Um, but what happens is, even when we come on Sunday mornings, think about this. How often do we come and we sit in the chair and we think, you know, as long as they stay on the stage and do their thing, then I'm cool with this. There's a plan to our faith. But when we go off script, when things don't happen quite as planned, it makes us uncomfortable. Think about this. How often do we plan out our faith? And it's not that that's a bad thing, but how often do we plan our faith out? And one of the crazy things is faith is one of those things that you can think about, you can, you can, you can um, study, you can do all these things, but at some point, it requires something more. At some point, you can't just look at faith and say, God, I'm sure you have a great plan. I think it's great. I love it. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy with my own thoughts, my own plan. Okay? Don't be messing that up. It's kind of like a chair. I can, I can sit here and I can say, or I can not sit here, but look at it and say, I'm sure this is a great chair. I'm sure it's sturdy. It's got four legs. I know it's not, I mean, it's not really wobbly. So I'm sure it's a good chair. But at some point, doesn't it take, if we're really having faith, just to give up at some point in the sitting down process. Have you ever had a chair give out on you? That is not fun. At some point, you just have to commit and say, I trust this is going to hold me. And so you just have to give in. And isn't our faith like this, where we have to at some point just give in and say, I'm going to take this step, even though I have no idea where I'm going, because I know God has called me on this mission. That's how our trip was. We, we uh, went to, I, I'm trying to remember, I just blanked on it. We had six different places, I think, that we went to um, and didn't know most of these people. We even went to one place in Nebraska. I told the students before we went, I was like, okay, if we go to Nebraska, between Paul and I, we know like most of the people in Nebraska. <laughs> so we're good. And where do we pull? We pull this one spot where neither Paul or I know anybody within like an hour radius of this place. It's just kind of funny how God does those things. I'd like to read a passage of scripture, and this is in Hebrews 11. And I love it because it's, uh, some people call it the hall of faith, because it's just a list of a bunch of people who were faithful. And they, in many different ways, had to step out in, a, in uncertain circumstances and just trusted God. But I want to look in Hebrews chapter 11, and you can write this down below your plans, okay, on your, on your notes. But Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look at 8, 9, and 10. It says here, a man named Abraham. 
It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave his home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. I love that. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. I love how there's that, that, that sentence that's right there. It says, Abraham, and I believe that this is why we also can step out in faith, not knowing where our destination necessarily is, is because we do know where our ultimate destination is. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. God calls us to act on our faith. And yes, that is going to be uncomfortable. That's the nature of faith. You have to trust, you have to believe, and you have to act on that. But our faith is not, it's not like, in some, like you know, sometimes I have uh, a belief in somebody else. And humans, we let each other down at times. It happens. But God never does. And that's what I'm hoping you're going to see here in just a minute. We're going to go through a few stories, and you'll see how God never, never let us down. What if God changed your plans today? And the things that you had written down, as amazing and awesome as they are, and I hope you have every chance to accomplish those things, what if God goes off script and throws something, a wrench into your plans? What if life doesn't happen as you had planned out? What if God gives you a calling that you did not expect? Are you going to listen? Are you going to respond to that? I'm going to ask the students to come on stage. We have something that I wanted to give you a few interesting facts about our trip. So they're going to come up on stage, and I wanted you to see their beautiful faces as well. So just kind of along here. We wanted to give you a few facts about our trip that might change some conceptions that you had before we, before we headed, okay? Um, let's just go down. I don't know what order they're in, so we'll just say Red Oak, Iowa. This is uh, the second to last place that we ended up. Population 5,742. This is one of the locations we had. This was a great place. Um, what's one of the rem- memories you guys have really quick of Red Oak, Iowa? Do you guys have any specific... I think most people are going to say it's the, the lady uh, or the people we got to build a wall with. Uh, that was in Red Oak, Iowa. Okay. Days in 90 degree heat every single day. It was crazy hot. I thought we were going to melt at times. But you know what? God provided. We, we were totally fine. We had lots of water. And um, I think most of us got a decent tan as well on the trip. But I should add to that, people who got... Like burnt, really. We didn't really have anybody, at least that I know of, that really got burnt, like very burnt at all. So, which is awesome. Maybe a little bit, you know, a little bit, but not crazy. Um, People met. Man, there was too many to count. I sat down and tried to think about it, and there was too many people that we could not we could not uh, think of all of them. Browning, Missouri. This was our first place. Population two sixty five. This is where we went. If you guys remember when we pulled the distance and direction last week, that's where we got to go. Dave slept in a barn. One. 
But let me let me say that that is um, nicer than most of our some people's houses. That barn was so. It was a really nice place that we got to stay. But we just thought it'd be fun to say we did get to sleep in a barn. It was fun. Um, Wamigo, Kansas. This was our second location. Um, it was funny because God sent us 120 miles northeast. And then we got 180 miles southwest. So we came right back towards this way. Ended up in Wamigo, Kansas, and there were some great stories to tell about there. Total miles traveled, I just estimated about 1,000 miles that we traveled on this trip. And that's not even talking about running around town doing different things like that. That's just general um, road miles. Projects, we counted about 20. But honestly, we could have probably thought of a few more uh, different ones, that small ones maybe that we didn't uh, think of immediately. Days in tents, zero. I know probably you guys thought that we'd be sleeping out every night. We ended up having a place to stay every single night. Perry, Iowa, 7,702. That was another place we got to be. It's an amazing place that we were able to be at. Oakland, Nebraska, population 1,244. That was a, a beautiful place to be, and it was fun. And Clorinda, Iowa, population 5,572. So these were some fun places we were able to be, some experiences that we were able to have. Another one that we had, uh, I thought uh, I'd mention, is days or nights without AC. Zero. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Days without showers. Zero. I was thankful for that. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. But the thing is, I want, you, I want you guys to see is, even though God didn't have to, he provided abundantly in those things. Uh, he went above and beyond uh, to order, in order to provide for us. I'm going to ask Michaela. She's going to come right back up here. She's gonna, I've got three that are going to talk uh, just a little bit about the trip. Um, so please listen. Hello. Um, my name is Michaela Jackson, like Cody mentioned. Um, Ever since Cody mentioned this trip, I was so excited and I could not wait to go on it and see all the opportunities that God would give us to serve others. Um, And it definitely did not disappoint. Uh, I think I can speak for everyone who went on the trip and say that it was an amazing experience and we all grew spiritually and made so many memories that we will remember for a long, long time. Um, Through this trip, my faith grew in two major ways, uh, trust and patience. I had to trust God's plan for us, which is easier said than done. Um, Going into the trip, I had all these made-up expectations in my mind of what we were going to be doing. I wanted to go to the coolest towns, you know, do the most amazing things, so that I had a really cool story to tell when I came home. Um, But I quickly learned that I'm not in control. I had to humble myself and accept the fact that some days we'd be doing work that was not the most exciting thing to be doing. Um, but I had to remind myself that it wasn't all about me. It was about the people that I'd be showing God's love to and blessing through our work. Whether we were picking up trash, doing yard work, visiting the elderly, or handing out cold water and popsicles to road workers on a hot day, we hoped that we would make a difference in each one of their lives. The biggest, or the other way I really learned to trust God's plan was through my biggest anxiety that I had about the trip, which was where we'd be sleeping and if we could find somewhere to shower each day. We have the privilege here of living in our nice little Joko bubble where we don't have to worry about if we'll have a place to stay with comfy beds, air-conditioned rooms, and nice clean showers each night. But on this trip, we didn't have that assurance. And you know, that honestly scared me a little bit. 
But God calmed that fear very quickly. Every day in the morning while we were on, driving to our destination, we would find a church online in the town that we are going to. And we would call them up and we quickly found a place to stay. We even had some sort of a shower each night. Whether it was a tiny shower with a tablecloth as a curtain or a community center, we had a shower. And let me tell you, we needed those showers very badly. <laughs> with no AC in one of the vans and working in the 100 plus degree weather every day, we smelled pretty bad. <laughs> so I quickly realized that God is watching out for us and he'll provide all the necessary things. I also learned patience on this trip. Somehow each night, except for the very last night, we drew the two farthest numbers of miles that we could travel, 120 miles or 180 miles. So every day we drove three to four hours to get to our destination. And at least for me, it was a little frustrating because there were some days I felt like we were almost wasting half of our day driving and we wouldn't get to our town until one or two o'clock. But little did I know that was all God's plan. So then Wednesday came and because we had to finish painting that morning, we didn't get to our destination, Perry, Iowa, until about 3 or 4 o'clock. We couldn't really find anything to do, um, but we ended up working on a small project for a city, the city about for about an hour. Um, however, that night, we had a really long and hard debate about whether we should stay an extra day in Perry uh, to serve more or if we should move on to our next destination. Because uh, perhaps not finding work was a sign from God telling us that this town didn't need us as much as maybe the next town did. So eventually, we decided to move forward to the next town. Uh, when we got to Red Oak, Iowa on Thursday, we split up into three groups to go eat lunch in local diners to try and talk to the locals and find some work to do. One of the groups went to the Rainbow Cafe. There they tried to make conversation with their waitress, Debbie, but they could tell that she was having a rough day and didn't really want to talk. Um, but after some persistence, she began to open up when they told her what we were doing in town. She immediately began to cry. Um, she said that her and her husband of four months were staying with his parents to get their feet back under themselves. Um, and she had been praying every single day for someone to come and help her father-in-law, who was a disabled veteran. Um, his body was starting to break down, and they wanted to... Um, help him by building a rock landscape in their yard. And she told us that we were her answer to our prayer. After working at their house all afternoon, Debbie's family decided to make us a big dinner as a thank you for all the work that we did. And on top of that, diner where it all began graciously paid for our breakfast the next morning. This day was definitely a major highlight for most of us on the trip because not only did we see how God chose us to be the answer to this family's prayer, and we in turn were blessed with two meals for the work that we did. But this day was even more amazing because just the night before, we contemplated not even coming to this town. But the Holy Spirit led us to where he wanted us to be so that we could help this family and show them how powerful God is. The last way that my faith changed during this trip was my ability to hear the Holy Spirit. Before this trip, I would always hear people say, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit. Or someone would say how they heard the Spirit Holy Spirit tell them something. Um, and there would be times when I would try and listen for the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know what I was listening for. I didn't know if I was supposed to be hearing a literal voice in my head or what. Um, but during this trip, I figured out that the Holy Spirit is that deep down gut feeling that you get telling you to go speak up or go talk to that person or whatever it might be urging you to do. And oftentimes it's so easy to push that gut feeling aside whatever it is that the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you to do. 
Um, and one of our leaders, Paul, thought of this great analogy that goes with it. Um, we did a free car wash one day, um, and we had a bunch of signs on the road telling people, you know, hey, we have a free car wash. Um, but a lot of people just waved and said, no, thanks, not today. I'm busy. And we all couldn't really understand why they wouldn't want a free car wash. Um, but this is the exact same way that God feels sometimes. He holds out his hand every day telling us, hey, you can get to heaven for free. Now just follow me, serve the community, step out in faith, etc. But many people just say, mm, no, no thanks. I don't want to do that. I'm too busy today. So this, taught me, this trip taught me that each one of us can make a huge impact, whether it's a ripple effect that you start or an immediate impact. And you can make that impact in the smallest of towns. Although the faraway mission trips are always unique and special, this trip reminded me that there are so many people in our country who need to be reminded of who God is and how amazing his love and grace is. And when you trust God and step outside your comfort zone, God notices that, and he will bless you for what you have done to bless the lives of others. Thank you. When I say the phrase serving people, you probably imagine something that is time-consuming and labor-inducing. On our trip, most of what we did falls into that category of service. Um, Mowing lawns and weeding outside in 98-degree heat. Um, We moved heavy items and we picked up trash. All of those things provide tangible evidence that you've blessed a community. Um, What I took away from the trip was that sometimes giving to someone else means listening to them with your heart. Maybe it's while you're waiting for your food order or when you've just clocked out at work. Serving people can be something as simple as starting a conversation with a stranger, using a few dollars to pay for someone's laundry, hearing about the struggles and needs of someone in your own neighborhood. We talked and prayed with many people throughout the week. We would explain what we were doing and ask around the community for things we could do to bless them. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, the responses were enthusiastic and encouraging. One phrase in particular sticks out in my mind, though. Um, It was, I didn't know people still did that. That resonated with me because I can see that everywhere. Everything in our society teaches us to use our talents for ourselves. However, God calls us to service at all times. We were put here to make a difference and to add to life on earth, not just take from it. He leaves us here in a broken world to fulfill his purpose. There is a ministry for you in his church and a mission for you in the world. In all the hustle of daily life, we don't slow down and see all the things we can do to give. We will say things like, I don't have time this week, or I've already done enough to serve people. But you need to quiet those thoughts and listen, because the Holy Spirit is whispering to you at all times. Good morning. So I was asked to give a parent and leader perspective, and I do want to let you know, by the way, their talking to the elderly was not to Jill and myself and Paul. It was to other people in nursing homes, So, although they did talk to us quite a bit. Um, a couple things that weren't mentioned that I just wanted to say that were really impactful is at one point we um, stopped and we were at a school in Wamiga, Kansas, and It was very inspiring. There were 34 miles walked in prayer 
by our students and by, by the team. <laughs> Cody knows he shouldn't ask me. I always get emotional. Around a school. And it was really um, a neat experience because these kids in high school were praying around someone else's high school um, with a lot of the same issues um, but that we didn't even know about but that we could all relate to. And um, to know that there's the what's happening afterwards, we have no idea how those prayers are being answered, but they are lifted up in faith, and faithfully they will be answered. Um, if there's parents of these kids that went on the trip in the room, would you just stand up for a moment? I know there are. Okay, so just stay standing a moment. So I just want to say to you guys all, well done, because you either said yes or maybe encourage your kids to be a part of something that was literally unknown. So again, I just want to acknowledge that and thank you, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, but you guys can sit and be more comfortable. When I was a parent of teens, I normally asked these kinds of questions when either Samantha or Nick wanted to go somewhere or got asked to do something. So what will you be doing? Who is going? Who's in charge? And those were just the questions I would come up with if it was going to be for a couple hours and one evening. So then if it was going to be for six nights, the added questions I would have would be, where are you sleeping? Um, Where are you going? How far away will you be? Will I be able to reach you at all times on your phone? Um, and the questions would go on and on for something sick nights of unknown. And yet you parents answered to everyone, every one of these questions for the trip, the kids would have said to you, I don't know. And if you all would have asked Cody, he would have said, I don't know. And yet you guys said yes. So again, I just want to say well done um, for you trusting as well. And then also just these kids are amazing. So you've done so, such a fine job with each of them. To be a part of this trip as an adult was fantastic, and I did learn a lot from God and a lot about God. But to be a part of this trip as an adult leader, double that. It's just extra fantastic. I watched these kids all give unselfishly of their comfort. You heard that we had some heat, um, and we did have um, hours and hours and miles in a van that did not have air conditioning reaching the back of our kids. They literally were stuck together at times, and they didn't complain. Um, so again, they, they just gave unselfishly of themselves. They gave unselfishly of their plans. They gave unselfishly of their phones. They gave unself, unselfishly of their time. Couple that with that they gave these things to people that they didn't know, to communities that they'll probably never go back to. And they encouraged and changed people and places in ways far beyond the numbers that we could count that Cody had us all holding up sheets about. They all transformed from being willing to being driven, from being a little tentative to being very bold, from being unsure to trusting, and from literally moments and hours of inactivity to hours of extreme action. As they learned a growing trust in God, so did I. And as they learned a growing faith, so did I. As they learned a growing patience, so did I. And as they learned a growing call to serve with ears and eyes wide open, so did I. They also learned that serving God can happen anytime, anywhere. I learned that as well. So I challenge each of you to go and look for it. Slow down and look for it. And slow down and listen for it. You may need to slow down a bit and think about those things. Take a breath and then look again and listen again. It's not always the big things that you do or the faraway places you go, but it is indeed anywhere you are and anytime. 
If you're not sure how to look and listen because your mind feels busy, your life feels busy, then I encourage you to talk more to these just young women and men who are just amazing. Hear more about their stories. Get encouraged. And most importantly, ask God to help you see and hear today how you can share his love through acts of service, eyes of love, and words of truth each one of your days. What we all learned was God wants our daily life to be one big ongoing mission trip. Don't miss this adventure that awaits you of a daily trip of a lifetime inside and outside these walls of Southwoods. I also learned a greater trust, greater faith, greater hope, and greater confidence in this generation. In addition, they gave me the microphone. So I want to make a shout out to all of the people who prayed for Cody and Aaron to get to this church. The hiring call committee of four years ago, you guys did an amazing job. While we waited, we sure nailed it. He is such a man of God, with the heart of a servant, with the love of Christ. He's a trusted mentor among these kids. He's a friend, he's a teacher, he's a leader. And he loves them all fiercely and wants God's very, very best for them. After long days of work, he would play the guitar every night, along with some drums hosted by Cameron and Becker. He would not only lead us in worship, but the kind of message you heard him give is what we were all delighted and just graced with hearing each night. There would just be a message. Um, So anyway, I also just, I just want to tell you guys, well done in picking this man. He's amazing for how he ministers to all of us, not just the youth. Um, And then I heard this saying, and um, I know it's kind of a joke, but behind every good man is a good woman. So I don't know if Erin's in here or not. Is she? Okay. So again, I just, you know, make sure you just thank Erin. And Erin, I thank you for just giving up of Cody's time, um, just what you do to enable him to be who he is to our church and to so many people and to a thousand miles of blessings to people that we did not even know. So again, just thank you all and join me if you can in just thanking Cody and Erin for the ministry they do. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Two really quick thoughts is one thing I learned is that uh, when you bless, um, it's a two-way street. And every moment, like we we multiple times would go to a town and people would want to bless us back. And we'd, we kind of started following a rule. Okay. We'll, we'll beg them twice. Please. No, we, we we're good. We just want to be here to bless you. But there was plenty of people who pushed through that and said, I don't care what you say, I'm going to bless you in some way. And so we had four meals that were totally covered on our trip. Um, I mean, it was just amazing the way that people blessed. So it was a great trip. We had an awesome time. And I just want to encourage you that, you know, the destination may be unknown in our lives. We don't know what tomorrow has to offer, but we do know our mission and we know our master And those are the two most important things. If you know your mission and your master, everything else is fine. So just continue to look around you. Continue to find ways to serve other people. And uh, it's amazing the two-way street that happens as you bless other people and you receive blessing as well. God will be faithful to you and will your, your faith legs 
will grow stronger and stronger as you continue to practice this in your life. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for this amazing trip that we were able to be a part of, and I thank you for preparing the way. You prepared the way for us. You gave us the provisions that we needed, and you preordained us for the ministry that we were, that we were going to be doing. And Lord, we didn't know any of that, but you did. And so I thank you that each and every one of the students and leaders trusted you, took that step forward in faith and said, here am I, use me. And in that faith, amazing things happened. Lord, thank you for being so big and for loving us so much. In Jesus' name, amen.